0: I think that always sounds a little bit sinister with that sort of American, I don't know why. At least it doesn't
1: say that have only got 10 seconds to comply or something.
0: They should really do it. It's like the, the 2001 computer, shouldn't they, Howl? Yeah. Hello, David. You can't do that. second series and episode five of the Frankenstein's RPG podcast. Thank you very much indeed for your support and for downloading us. And please do keep the feedback coming, even if it is just the occasional rage tweet into uh, into the void. Uh, I feel the need to explain a reference uh, throughout this episode, which is all about Grinch Hill, Zamo, and uh, just say no. So, uh, for those of you who are uh, are abroad or not in touch with bizarre 1970s and 80s children's programming in Britain, back when we had actually three channels, uh, Grange Hill was a fairly seminal children's television programme in which a character whose name was Zamo, I don't remember his real name, not important, uh, he became a juvenile drug addict family viewing for everybody there, uh, who then went on to record a song with the other actors uh, and actresses in uh, Grainchill that was called Just Say No. And it was all about saying no to drugs, which is a message very much associated with this podcast, if slightly different, in as much as probably taking drugs will make it more enjoyable, I suspect. I am, of course, joking, don't ever take drugs, kids ever. Says the man who makes a podcast about creating a fictional game influenced by nothing other than whim or fancy. (laughs) Oh well. So in this episode Kat, Kay, Mark and Dirk join me to look at both magic and psionics and investigation for this our science fiction game. And can I just say at the outset that this appears to be an exercise in the contributors making me bankrupt through purchasing bloody games. Very special Twitter mentions again to all those who joined in the debate on this episode. And I've tried to name check everyone who responded, but we can't fit everybody in. So apologies if we missed you out. But thank you very much for joining in. And please do keep doing so, even if you disagree. (laughs) Even, Even if you disagree. It's all good natured fun so please keep it coming. And uh, for those new to us, what's it all about? Well, uh, each episode we get a group of uh, game enthusiasts, possibly grognards, not always. Uh, We get them together to look at the very best elements of role-playing games on a given theme or subject. We debate a bit, We waffle a lot more around the topic and then we vote on which games will contribute to our creation. The Frankenstein's monster of a game. It's a sci-fi game this time round. So the idea is that once we've constructed this devilish entity from all these games, we then play it and see if it all hangs together or indeed falls hopelessly apart at the seams. (laughs) I'm going to go for apart at the seams, but there we are. Anyway, thanks for all the participation again. I really hope you enjoy it as we again embark on this, the most odd of creative exercises. Welcome, everybody. Hello. Uh, Episode five. Series two. Five. I think that's now about 18 episodes. It's mental. Madness. Uh, anyway, uh, I'm joined by another four luminaries to look at uh, this evening's topics, which are investigation and magic and psionics. I won't say stroke psionics, because that would be the spell name, probably. Uh, anyway, hope everyone's okay. And uh, if you'd like to, uh, to introduce yourselves, can I start in true Celebrity Squares fashion? Top left, Pat Coombs this evening.
2: Mark. I get vacuums. Okay. Uh, Yeah. So I'm Mark. I'm from the Champions RPG podcast. Uh, So, yeah, we do an actual play podcast, which is supposed to go out every two weeks, but invariably it's probably close to three. Um, And yeah, I'm head cook and bottle washer and all that sort of thing for the podcast. That's 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 me really. I'm, I'm a, an old long in the tooth git, so <laughs> I'll be ringing old long in the tooth games. And it's and it's a very good podcast too.
0: So Thank you. Pick it up, everybody. Kay, uh, hey, I'm I'm not going to call you the John Inman,
1: <laughs> but uh, could you
0: introduce yourself, please?
1: I have been accused of laughing like him occasionally, so yeah, that that, that would be totally fine by me. Uh, yeah, so hi. I'm Kay. I don't have a podcast of my own, but I appear on so many I might as well have. Um, so, hi, nice to meet you. You can find me on Twitter at K underscore zero.
0: Thank you very much. Good. Uh, and then, uh, Kat. Kat, could you uh, introduce yourself, please?
3: Hi, I'm Kat. I am um, one of the, I actually am one of the editors for Nevermind uh zine, which is a small, a small, Zine for the uh, for the hobby, shall we say? Um, you can find me on Twitter at MirforBeer. for
0: Beer. Thank, you, thank you. And then finally, uh, someone whose voice probably needs no introduction at all, Dirk. Hello,
4: can I be Arthur Mullard? Is that all right? Yeah.
0: <laughs> there's there's oh, a passing Lord. resemblance. Yeah. Yeah. Arthur. Yeah.
4: Hello. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm Dirk the Dice of the Grognard Files. And uh, I'm on Twitter at the Grognard File. Also, another very good
0: podcast, but I suspect everybody knows that. So happy days. So uh, we're going to go in the order of uh, investigation first. So we're going to have a quick look at uh, investigation. Um, I know there's been a bit of banter and stuff, certainly on Twitter. I pulled a, a few of them out. John Scott, who is at Wild Park. Uh, says just to give an alternative to Gumshoe, how about Brindlewood Bay? Which actually I think is a really good shout. Search for clues and then decide collaboratively who done it. That's how it works. Not quite sure how that would happen in, uh, in in sci-fi, but he does say the GM doesn't decide in advance, and you could then play Murder She Wrote in space. Which
1: that, that is pretty spectacular. How could you not play Murder She Wrote in space?
0: Yeah. Angela Lansbury in a spacesuit. Who doesn't want to go there? Yeah. <laughs> a little bit of a leading leading statement, that really, I think, I guess. Uh, Jim McCarthy, JWMUK. Sorry. Started early. Asian uh, Stars, one of the very few gumshoes uh, games I've not played. I'm not entirely sure why he, he's then sort of uh, putting it forward. But anyway, my history of gumshoe analysis has more crunch than normal. I read and prepped the first adventure and in this collection, and it's superb. Ashen Stars, anyone?
3: Uh, yeah.
0: Do you know? I, I don't know. I do uh, know
3: it. It was actually going to be my suggestion for tonight. <laughs> well, that's
0: okay. I'm,
4: uh, I'm, that's my I'm presenting. It's baby brother. <coughs> that's my oh. option. With, uh, Ashen, Ashen Stars, baby. Ashen Stars, baby brother. Yeah. Okay. I don't want to, you let's, know, let, let's leave everybody dangling. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Good. And then the last one in terms of in terms of um, investigation, uh, Nanook Kakabra, no, player character, Nanook Kakabra, I'm saying that right. Uh, I note that Trinity Continuum does explicitly state the core rules should be given without rolling. I think that's clues, sorry. Core clues should be given without rolling. And skills then add flavour or and or future bonuses, effectively stealing the core conceit of gumshoe in a single sidebar. I think that's pretty decent. I rather like, uh, I like Trinity. And uh, what's the one that comes out of that? Uh, aberrant, isn't it? Is that? Oh, I got the wrong one. Anyway. So uh, who would like to go first? sea of hands fly up (laughs) okay would you like to head off i have
1: i chuckled my way into into going first haven't i like a fool um yeah so i'm going to start this discussion as we need to go on uh by obviously bringing up Shu as the entirely perfect investigation system that's that is the thing that i posit here today can i back that up with any particular evidence uh probably not um but i would say that out of all of the investigative games that i've played and these are by far the games that i play most uh, whether it's sci-fi or, or otherwise gungshu always been at the heart of it and uh, and every time i play Shu, it gets a little more intuitive and a little less Kind of intrusive. I mean, it's not a particularly intrusive system anyway. But I think for investigation, when you are all about clues and trying to follow those threads of investigation, and you know, as an old lady like myself, um, where you need all the help you can get to remember stuff, you do not want the system to get in the way. And this is why I'm choosing Gumshoe is that it is elegant. It lets you retcon a couple of things for when you really wish you you know done some preparation beforehand, and it does that without any penalties and it allows you to follow the threads of the story without necessarily being too crunchy, but by giving you those core skills that, of course, you will have spent some of your points on doing Charging.
0: Yeah. Now, the only issue we've got is that so far, Crunch is an unbelievable feature of this game. <laughs> <laughs> Space Master. Uh, I'll just leave that there. <laughs> hmm. Is Is is. Is it the best game though? Is yes, it the best the game end. for
1: investigation? <laughs> yes, it is. I think it is because um, the kind of skills that you have, whether it's the general general investigative skills, I mean, it has a whole section just on investigative skills itself and also the sort of the general skills, but it is so it's so flexible and so pliable that I think that if you did want to run it, with a whole load of roll charts and lookup tables and things like that, you probably could homebrew them very easily and get the system to work with them. So I think, I think it's, it's flexibility and the fact that it is so um, it is so investigation focused and it doesn't really bother too much about its own mechanics other than the occasional point spend that if you wanted to, to do it differently, I think you probably could. And I think that's, that's why I like it. I like it because, um, and rather shamefully looking forward to another podcast that I'm going to be talking on, uh, where where we talk about old school and new school play. Um, that's the All the Vexes Gaming Vexes one. Is that Gumshoe yeah. is one of those that doesn't have the Vexes? And it is kind of new school, but it's so inclusive that you could probably play it old school if you want. And that's what I say. Obviously, listeners may differ in opinion. Uh, and but for be-
0: sci fi, for sci fi,
1: if you, yeah,
0: but you beamed.
1: Anything.
0: you're beamed down from the Starship Enter Pops or whatever it's called. You're there in your red chute with your tricorder. You just get the investor. Oh, oh I'm not buying it.
1: Yeah, but then you have like, you, know, the clues. you have your trisco- tricorder skill or whatever. It's all about how much you want to spend and whether you get whether you get the clue or not. I mean the thing is you're gonna get the clue anyway, but how much of the clue yeah. do you get? When do you get it? is it something that has complications with it or is it something that, you know, sort of leads you fairly quickly? It's more about the speed of going through the investigation, I guess. And the thing about gumshoe is that it lets you do that at a very, very slow pace to get very deep into the investigation. And I think that other systems are faster and therefore perhaps a little more superficial. That's my my view. But again, Hmm. your mileage may vary. Feel free to at me on Twitter and tell me how wrong I am. Uh, Because I'd like to see some more systems and play more systems. So uh, if people can suggest better ones, I'll have
2: a look. I'm sure then. Okay. Mark. Investigation. So I really struggled with this one. You know, I, I started like I suppose many of us did playing you know, Tunnels and Trolls or d d or whatever. And we were only young teenagers and we were kicking doors and beating everything to death and trying to get as much money or loot or magic items or whatever as possible. Um So that's, that's where I started from. And I still tend to to air towards the action type games, although, you know, our play style changed a lot. And, you know, our, well, not ironically, but doing the podcast has actually changed all of our play styles quite a lot because we we feel like we're being watched, so we try a bit harder. Um, so, um, so yeah, I've really struggled with investigation because I've never really played any investigation games. Um, I've played a little bit of Call of Cthulhu um, as a one-shot. Um, and that is probably about it. Um, so when I was looking around, Gumshoe obviously jumped out, you know, the, the name itself, and I think the whole premise of the game is it's an investigation game, um, but I don't own it. Um, I couldn't borrow a copy of it off of anybody. Um, so I didn't get a chance to read it, which is probably a good thing, because I think <laughs> probably most people are, are going to nominate it or some derivative of it. So the more I thought about it and the more I realised I couldn't really nominate a game, I thought about Call of Cthulhu because it's sort of the investigation side in that. But I'm I'm going to go right left field, and I'm going to suggest there is no rule system for the investigation thing. Every game I've ever played in, if there's been any investigation, any problem solving, any part of the joy of that has been the players trying to sort it out for themselves. Now, I know this scope about, you know, if it's really super in-depth and all that, you know, we aren't rocket scientists, we aren't this, we aren't that. But I think in most systems, with the basic skills that those systems provide or just the basic characteristics when someone's, you know, when, when when the GM or Marshall or whatever is running it and the, the players are close or they're struggling or whatever, there can be a, a group called as to, you know, it makes sense that you're not quite getting this. Mm. But, you know, so-and-so's got library use or whatever in Call of Cthulhu or, you know, you've got Arcana or whatever and it's a sort of an arcana problem. So let's just set a a challenge level for it. and, Mm -hmm. and, And that's it. Simple as that. That does need to go hand in hand with with a thing that I've seen sort of with advice about role uh, writing Call of Cthulhu Adventures, which is you can't have just one clue for each and every step. You have to have, here's the three or four ways you can get to that point so that hmm. if there's a failure, and I don't like, and I, yeah, I know the term failing forward's been used before, but I, I don't like the idea that, you know, if you fail that's just it you've got nothing else because if your adventure or whatever hooks on that you've got to you've got a frigate it. otherwise it's just game over so you know if, if you know if you've designed something and written it yourself I mean in a big campaign yeah it, it could lead to all of those sort of interesting things so yeah because I couldn't find a rule system I thought do you need one do you need one for something mm. if it's got a fairly broad list of skills, there's gonna be I, a skill that should be usable for it. That's I, my opinion.
4: I agree, Mark. You know I, I agree. Um because I, I feel I, I feel think it's do- a but I, No, there's no but there's no but I think Dr. Frankenstein. Um this <laughs> this project has been hijacked by the formulists, by the people who feel that everything has to be described by rules oh. and mechanics. And we're not playing board games here. We're not regimented by rules and mechanics. There are other things that drive role playing games, and that's strong concepts, strong ideas. And Mark's right. You know, um, investigation is just a state of mind, isn't it? It's just the way that you frame a session or a scenario. Yeah. So, if you've got the appropriate skills in a game, you can construct a, an investigation. You don't need Mechanics to expressly um, uh, do that in yeah. my in my view. So I'm supportive of Mark's uh, idea. Right, I.
0: Uh, it, I don't want. I don't want to sort of. Um, I'm bagging that
2: vote now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, bagged one. Um, I don't want to preempt uh, either this or any other podcast that may or may not feature the voice talents of. Several people on this panel. I'm a bit sick and tired of everybody being given stuff. It smacks it's, it's of the everybody gets a everybody gets a medal in the egg and spoon race. Oh. He says, standing up for fascists everywhere.
3: <laughs> I like my medal.
0: You're, you're all. <laughs> I will get you a medal, cat. I promise. You... But it. it you get it if you're there. I think it's why I had to give back. My, oh, why well, well, he'd give back? Why I was initially bamboozled into buying Knights Black agents uh, by that horrifically loquacious Irishman, and uh, and then had to get rid of it because I didn't like giving stuff to people. Earn it. Earn it. That's what I say. I'm with you, Mark. Earn it, you buggers. Don't just get given everything. So, do you know what? I'm 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 going to jump in actually before before I get Dirk and and, and, uh, and Kat to have a go. I, I I have I I've looked at lots of systems. Unsurprisingly, one of them we've already had. Actually, is part of the game, Serenity. I looked at Serenity, and essentially they do kind of what you've just said. They break uh, investigation out into its different skills or associated skills. So you have covert, which is sneaky, but it's also uh, you know, infiltration, sleight of hand, surveillance, investigation, drafting. They also have influence that can be used. Uh, they have knowledge skills that we we're talking about earlier on. Maybe even linguist, you could stretch a stretch it a bit far. Perception. So there's a bunch of skills that actually all have investigatory bits in. And I looked at that, but but and, and and I'm not sure that I really want to take any more from that game than we absolutely have to, and we have to take characteristics for or I think it's characteristics, or no, it's not characteristics. It's D6 Star Wars. I think it's it's um, skill tests. I think we've taken from that. But the one I do want to talk about, and in fact, it won uh, the the most recent online poll, and it's a little bit left field, facing, which somebody on this program, on this program, on this episode may have uh, may have sent me this book thank you Kay. by the way uh <laughs> it does have investigation in it but like most uh sort of mutant year zero systems the number of successes that you roll determines how much you get now for us because we've got serenity for skill tests and you have a different dice in each of those uh sort of skills you roll it it's a target number it's a bit like you're saying earlier on mark so i could have i could have said uh, liminal as usual but it's not quite the same in liminal but you can set a target number and then if you if you exceed the target you get more stuff but i think i, I would sort of go back and say okay well although it is actually an investigation is a skill because it's very much a sort of a a um Uh, sort of a hybrid system I guess you say Vason isn't it that mutant year zero where you have characteristic plus skill equals number of dice roll those for successes I think I'd rather do that so that you have various bandings so in essence what I'm actually saying is I'm either having serenity liminal or Vason oh god (laughs) I've I've backed myself into a corner now like a muppet I'm not saying liminal I'm going to say Vason sticking with it Vason that's me. In space, successful skill test roll. Over that, you get more of it. Kat, rescue me. Your turn. Uh,
3: I'm not rescuing you. you, you I, I think I'll leave you in that. I'm, I'm going to the Gumtree side. side. Um, I am going to say. The dark starts. side. This is not dark. Mm. It's not dark unless you're too far away from a star um i'm gonna say ashen stars which is a space opera um type rpg um it does have the thing to be gritty well i love the way they advertise it as gritty as everyone knows the moment you get players involved it's not going to be gritty it's going to be a comedy in space but the nice thing about the ashen stars um way they put it all together is that you can easily adjust it so you could play any kind of science fiction setting you want to. You know, if you wanted to play Battlestar Galactica, but you hated the any, anything that anyone else has done for it before, use and Stars for it. It really works. It is based on gumshoe. The okay. thing I like about gumshoe, particularly for the investigation, is you don't get everything just because you've rolled investigate. You've got – you get a list. The idea for a lot of the gumshoe is, you know, you pick up clues – you still got to put them together. You know, you're not going to be told. You know, um, s- somebody has stolen the hyperdrive. I know. I'm going to wave my um, my little doohickey to figure out uh, energy particles, and I'll track it down. You aren't going to get that with a clue. You'll get a trail, but you know, uh, you've got to still figure out how to follow it. So I'm going to say, I'll still say, for investigation, I think the gum shoe system works the best. Mm. can, within the Gumshoe system, use other parts of the investigation pools to pull in and amalgamate with other skills that you have. So, investigation, but say, but I am a scientist specialising in X, can I have a bonus, please, or an extra bit of Mm. my pool for this? Um, So, it works the same way as, as I said, you know, splitting the skills out or having them all in one. Or you can have this amalgamation, which Gumshoe lets you do, particularly in Ashen Stars. So I'm going to definitely say Gumshoe is the way to go for this. Um, I fully agree with Kay. um, And I'm quite happy to say to anyone who disagrees, you know, fight me. Uh, You know where I am on Twitter. (laughs) Kat
1: and I are quite formidable when combined, you know. When both of us fight on the same side, it's a terrifying experience.
0: I I was going to say that... that that took a rather violent turn at the end, it was sort of menacing and, and but But I, I, do you know, I, Kat? I think you're right. I think the problem is, I, I'm sort of coming at it from the point of view of being, uh, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but a bit like Mark, sort of fairly simplistic, kind of want to shoot things and kick doors in. Yeah. So I haven't really, really thought about you know, kick airlocks in, perhaps. Um.
3: Yeah, I think. And, that's, and, and you, sorry, go on. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, I think that's the thing. When, when people think of sci fi, they're either thinking of playing Jedi, kicking down the doors and basically lightsaber battles, or it's alien, which is opening fire on something and hope it doesn't kill you first. There isn't really what investigation in space. Why would we do that? We have guns.
0: I think I fall into the latter camp. it's you know it's it's the simpleton in me but the bits that you're actually i think the bit that you that you said which is which is which is absolutely right is rather than thinking it's sort of a oh you, you you get it all handed to you on a plate it is as you quite rightly said picking up the clues You then have to piece them together. I I guess the the only issue I sort of really struggle with is it's a bit like, um, we talked about this, I think, in in the past about social interactions. The people who tend to dominate the game in terms of social interactions typically are those who are very good at social interactions. And I think possibly the same is true of investigation. So it's how can you... Mm. Even that out, which is why I was I was sort of erring on the side of maybe saying, do you know what? Perhaps you should have a bit of a role about it because some people are naturally sort of analytical and and you know you could be playing the game with uh, Angela Lansbury, in which case she's going to be really good, whereas Mark and I will be just sort of shooting stuff and sat in the corner. <laughs>
3: I think it's definitely your table varies. I mean, you've got to be able to pitch yes. pitch investigation. But to be fair, it's like politics in games. You have to pitch it at the level that people will play it or social interactions. There's yeah. no point in arranging uh, a whole scenario on chatting up the barmaid to get the information. If you know yeah. down well your players are likely to go bright red and go, um, I roll my dice to get the information because I'm not talking to her. <laughs> it's that type or, of thing. You've got to...
0: or, or they- they shoot the barmaid,
3: which would be... or
0: they shoot the barmaid. That's happening. Or both. Or both. <laughs> Go red. Shoot the barmaid. No, I think you're absolutely right. I think it is that. It's it's partly as as I think Dirk was saying earlier on about dropping the breadcrumbs. You know, they bit and, and Mark was also saying about you know the scenario needs to be a bit more in depth. So you don't you know it's not heart or fail. There has to be multiple clues. But as you quite rightly said, it is about actually having to piece all those things together. And therefore when do you roll you know you you maybe get all the clues but then it is as you quite rightly said using different skills to then locate where you, where you sort of going oh good uh, uh, and unfortunately i don't know ashen stars so i've got um yeah. mind no that's fate isn't it mind jammer is fate i've got yeah fate yeah. Anyway, but, sorry. But I'm, glad, uh, I'm glad
1: that you mentioned breadcrumbs, though, um, Dave, because what it really is is about the granularity hmm. of those clues and the granularity of the skills and the investigative skills that you want to use to get them. And Gumshoe is extremely granular. You know, it's it's broken down those investigative skills into into three sort of main chunks, whether they're technical or interpersonal or, or sort of um, sort of general investigation stuff. Um, and you will be doing lots of little micro roles for for sort of little angles of things whereas i think you know your your corner and, and i guess mark's corner is coming from a really big kind of you know if, we, if we're taking this as grains of salt uh, it's more of a sort of a, a rock formation that's a kind of granularity that you're looking at is something big possibly a little bit blunt uh and you don't necessarily want that that sort of tiny granular detail you want to go in and find thing and you know possibly smash thing uh but mm. definitely you know Look at look at those sort of those sort of big big ideas and go into sort of big directions. Whereas I think for Gumshoe, it is it is very detail orientated. You know, you definitely have your your uh, Holmesian magnifying glass up to absolutely everything to scrutinise it with with that system. But you know, it's, gotcha. it's like I say, it's a granular thing, and some people like granular um, combat. Yeah. Cough cough merp cough. Uh, <laughs> <and> some people <laughs> like granular.
0: Granular? You mean smooth, swift? resolution of
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. the conversation about MIRP being granular. MURP's not granular. Rollmaster's granular. Uh,
1: yeah, <laughs> Well, it depends. We, I'm thinking of every single square on one of those roll, roll tables as being a grain. So in which case it is quite granular, but yes, I see your point.
0: Right. We have, we have to hear from Dirk now. Uh, Dirk, come on. What's, what's the investigation thing?
4: I've got, I've got good news for you because I've got the solution. Uh, to this, because you're, you're not a man of half measures, really, are you? No, no, no. I, it's okay, everybody. I think, I've solved it. I've yeah. solved it, yeah. Because I, I think um, investigation, in its broadest terms, is a form of exploration, isn't it? And that should be central to this science fiction extravaganza that uh, this is about. And as, I, and as I was saying, I think you've slightly misrepresented my view a little bit, uh, Dr. Frankenstein, if I may say. I wasn't saying that. um, (laughs) I I don't think the mechanics for these things are the be all and end all. I think really it's conceptually what's important. And I'm putting forward uh, the game Reach, uh, the role-playing game of Interstellar Vengeance, based on the classic science fiction of Jack Vance. And it is the baby brother of Ashen Stars. So it um, is gumshoe. So it brings Gumshoe, but it's an action-orientated Gumshoe game because what you are doing as play characters is seeking out vengeance on Quandus Vaughn, and you are travelling across the galaxy trying to track him down because of the terrible deed that he did against you and your family and you individually. So you are tracking him down, following clue by clue, going to strange worlds. Maybe there's a journalist on this planet who, where is it, we're tracking him down. He's been put in prison by Quandus's agents. We need to bust him out. So there's a series of uh, breadcrumb of, uh, of trails for, for this central concept of trying to hunt your quarry, Quandus Vaughan. And it's based on uh, Jack Vance's um, stories um, and the Demon Princes, and he did a whole set of uh, stories. And if you know Jack Vance, uh, they're very uh, picaresque. So it's a series of encounters with weird and wonderful uh, people. And it, and the play characters are, have had injustices against them. And so they've got a sense of right in that wrong. And, and so that's what drives your exploration, your investigation. Using the gumshoe system, with a few adaptations, because it brings together um, some school duggery as well. So you mentioned about how some people feel uncomfortable about social yeah. interaction. Well, you actually yeah, have yeah. tag taglines in this taglines, and this um, helps you get benefits. So if you can fit in a particular sentence, I'll give you, do you want to, uh, a couple of samples yeah. of taglines so you can put in. Was what was the name of this? Okay. It's the gay and the game reach. The gay and reach. Do you want me to hold it up? I've not got my camera on, have I? Yeah. No. <laughs> there you go. Gay and reach. Ah. By Sorry,
0: I, I I, d I I don't know whether it was the uh, did anybody else hear? I didn't actually hear you
4: say what the name of the game was. Oh right, okay. I must have done it very quickly.
0: I'll
4: with. give you I'll give you some of these uh, taglines to help you get some benefits um yeah, to, yeah, to your close. Okay, you ready? Yeah, ready, the, ready. This taste of arthropod. Okay, if you can fit that into a sentence, into a conversation, you get a bonus token to help you with your clues.
1: Hmm.
4: Do, do, do another I? one. Yes. Well, the way
1: you said you, you're using that in the uh, you know in the um, language language uh, lecturing format, you know. Yes. Yeah. et
4: You are this Do not kill this the bull. T- do not kill the bull before the cow is fresh. Is I don't know what <laughs> that means. Sorry, is this, uh,
0: excuse me, is, is this the game of LSD flashbacks or
4: something? Don't well, kill the it, What? what in the, the, the characters in uh, Jack Vance's novels uh, yeah. have this kind of turns of phrase and um, particular ways of speaking, and it says, some people don't feel comfortable doing it. So you're supplied with some lines that you can fit in. And that's part of the fun. And there's some adaptations as well of the gumshoe system. So uh, I love this one, this uh, investigation skill called um, Scuttlebutt. So you can use Mm -hmm. a Scuttlebutt investigation skill to have a listen to gossip. So rather than having individual interactions, you might land on a planet and use your scuttlebutt investigation technique just to find out what's going on and where that journalist might be so that you can inflict revenge upon Quandus Vaughan. He must die. <laughs> I have gumshoe. I've got adventure. I've got a cracking concept. I present to you the gay reach. I thought, thought any second you were going to say, "I've got
0: rhythm." Can I <laughs> ask for anything more? Wow, it's it's never just a nomination from you, is it? There's there has to be. It's like a production. It, it is like a production, well.
1: and it even has a lighting concept, and it's really great that we're <laughs> going to have to explain to the listeners that Dirk is currently incredibly dramatically underlit on camera. <laughs> Uh, and so when he was leaning in to give us those lines, it really did carry quite a lot of uh, quite a lot of theatrical weight. Then.
0: Although, although I think the Lon Chaney outfit is probably taking a bit too far.
4: <laughs> Shocking. Okay, oh, so, oh, another one before I go. Here we go. Come on, then. Okay, uh, here we go. <clears throat> if anything, it tastes worse than it smells. There you go.
3: Is this a family get. show? <laughs>
4: <laughs> not anymore. If you can fit that in, you get a token. And it can help move the investigation on. Was that an intentional double entendre <laughs> <laughs> But g- genuinely, I'm
0: not sure I'd be allowed to GM this game if we used that. It'd be awful, wouldn't it? This, this It's actually not as bad as
2: <laughs> this. You have to do. Yeah, everyone has to has to affect a Frankie Howard voice,
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: or Kenneth Williams. One Ooh. of the two?
0: <laughs> Meg, Arthur, Arthur oh, or really Arthur Yeah.
3: This reminds me I'm so grateful that my partner's also a gamer because when I play games and something like that is said, at least he isn't glaring at me from the other side of the room going, what are you doing? It's just like, oh, you're you're all playing. That's oh, fine, whatever.
0: <laughs> it's true, isn't it? <laughs> oh, dear. This is going to go. I know this is going to go horribly wrong, isn't it now? Okay. So <laughs> to recap, to recap, <laughs> Mark, Stridently refused to be drawn on investigation, uh, and in fact, w- we'll say it's uh, you've nominated not Gumshoe. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, would would that be fair?
2: Yes, yeah, I think it would be fair. Yeah,
0: uh, Dirk has nominated the uh, the Guyan Reach, Gaien Reach, or alternatively uh, Arthur Mallard's. Bizarre drug fantasy. Gay in reach. Hey, uh, absolutely st- stuck by her guns. Uh, gumshoe. Gumshoe, unadulterated. It's in there. Cat uh, went for ashen stars, mainly because of this idea of you know being able to pick up the clues. You still have to piece them together. It can adapt to space opera gritty. Comedy in space, as she said, inevitably it would become. But you get the idea of bonuses and skills and everything else. And then, of course, I went for, uh, as I would, a non-science fiction game, Versen, And almost the... I'm, I'm pronouncing that right. Verson. Uh, but it's a mutant year zero. Adapting. Good. So... Shall we go in the order that we uh, started to nominate? Okay. What, would you, f- like to, uh, oh, what oh, would you I like to? What would you like to go for? You can't so vote for Gumshoe.
1: Oh. Uh, uh, I, well, you I, can, I, can, can't you? Really? Yeah, <laughs> we can just, just vote for the flavour. At least, well, actually, at in least that three case, times. <laughs> I am going to take my bat and ball home, and uh, vote for Marks No System. It's <laughs> or non. so screw all y'all. And, uh, no, no I, I just think that you know it is one of those things where it's it's horses for courses, isn't it? And I think you you really love this sort of the small stuff, or you don't. And uh, and I think that you know it's it's fair enough having various flavours of young shoe, Um, but uh, but I think I think it's also fair to vote for actually no specific investigative system. So I am going to. Vote for Mark. Thank
0: you very much. We could always call it the uh, the Grange Hill. Just say no. <laughs> just say no, Mark. You can't vote for just say no. Yeah, so I've I've the, got the gum shoe,
2: or, or 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 some sort free, of derivative
0: <laughs> of it. Three <laughs> gum shoes or Vason.
2: Yeah. Um. um. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, so, so, so stuff, Dirk, Dirk is, is shamelessly holding up his rule, <laughs> rules in front of the camera um, and I, I, I'm really sorry but I, I, I am going to have to <laughs> rule Dirk's out mainly because um, I've played a game where you use little quotes and maybe it was just the table I was around I really really enjoyed it but by the end of that game which wasn't wrong me actually this one just gone um, I think we were all falling over each other to shoehorn our quotes in, in the most inappropriate or or double entendre way we could. And that <laughs> took over the game a little bit. Um, um but any of the gumshoe derivatives for me would work, I think. Um and sorry, was it Ashen Ashen oh. stars? Yes, yeah, sounded probably the 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 one that appealed most. Um and I go back to yeah, I, you know, I'm not a big fan on on maybe having an investigation system unless the game is particularly geared towards an investigation story path. Now, if it is, Gumshoe, it just sounds like the perfect yeah, a really really good system. I mean, I've, I've not read it and I've only got the bits I've been told, but it, it seems to, to cover all the bases for someone who's who's maybe not. Analytical thinking, and wants to play an investigation type game, and it gives you all those, you know, it's giving you clues. So you've still got, you know, you're not just rolling a dice and saying I've I've won, you know, you're still having to, to do some work on it. So I think I'm going to go with cat. Yay! Cats,
0: Ashen Stars. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I about. So uh, coming on to you now, cat. Cat, you can't say Ashen Stars, so you have Grange Hill. Just say no the Gay and Reach, Gumshoe, or Vaisen?
3: Oh. Hmm. Uh, I kind of agree with Mark's point. The problem with Gay and Reach is the quotes fee. <laughs> but on the other hand, you know, we're not voting for that. We're voting for the investigative bit. Um, mm. Oh.
0: Mm.
3: I'm going to go to Gay and Reach, actually just because it sounds more fun, and I like the presentation.
0: That's <laughs> a, it's a vote for you, Dirk. Gay and Reach, one vote. It's your turn now before I come in with my size 10s. So you can't vote for the Gay and Reach. So it's uh, Grange Hill, no rule system, Gumshoe, Ashen Stars, or Verson. Mutiny Zero.
4: So again um with uh, Vaison, uh it is very strong concept so it's very particular to that game and I love it I love I love that game but it's very towards monster hunting and understanding what that monster is and developing the clues for you to defeat that monster so i I just think um I think it needs to be in that Scandinavian or that particular setting. It's setting bound, I think. So I'd love to choose Vase, but I'm I'm not going to go for it. Therefore, I'm going to um, support Mark and his uh, claim that really, you don't need specific <laughs> investigation skills because investigations come in lots of uh, flavours and action-orientated exploration should be our goal in this world of science fiction. It's another...
0: Another vote for Zamo. No rule system. Just say no. Now, I can't vote for Vason, but then nobody else has, even though it won the poll. Won the poll. Vason in space. I am definitely going to go for, because I can't say that there's no rule system. We're trying to put together a rule system here. Can't be possible. I am going to say, because it was sold so ludicrously well, I'm going to say the Gayan Reach or the Gaian Reach. I don't know. Gayan? Gaian. So, the result is a hung jury. Can you believe it's a hung jury? <laughs> it is with two votes no rule system and uh, Gayan Reach. So, it's a, 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 a vote off between Mark and Dirk. So, this time you don't. It, you are free to vote for whatever you wish to vote for. So in the vote off, let's start again. Kay, what are you going for? It's only one one of those two. So either no rule system or guy and reach. Oh,
1: this is this is testing my metal, isn't it? And my resolve. Um yeah. I, should, I should do you want me to roll for this one? Um I, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick to my guns. I'm just gonna stick to my guns and go no. No system. You've already got such a hard job. Place, putting this together, I, I say no.
0: Continuing with the no system. Damn it, to Helen, back, Marjorie. There is no rule system. Princess. Mark, you can you can stick with a, a, a gumshoe derivative,
2: or you can vote for your own this time. It's a free vote. I'm really tempted to vote for my own because I do, you know, in the, in the specifics of this rule setting. Um, I think that is the best option, but I think it'd be pretty churlish to, to vote for my own. So I I am gonna go with, with Dirk's because it, it sounds it sounds fine, it, it does the job. And as as someone I think actually uh, someone pointed out, it's it's about the investigation. I think it was cat, not about the fact that you're having to shoehorn those those quotes in. So I've probably been a little unfair to it by by including that. Mm, so one vote
0: each. Cat, come on. What are you voting for?
3: I'm gonna to stick to my guns and I, uh, I will continue with uh with what I voted for originally, which is for Dirk's suggestion.
0: The gay and reach. I'm uh
4: at Dirk. Your vote now. What are you going for? Like Mark, I'm gonna be honourable and not vote for my own. And and I think the thing to remember that the central conceit is what I think is important, that it's a game of vengeance. So you've got a reason for your hunt, for your investigation. And that's what's central of it. And you could actually do that without any rules. So I'm going to go for no rules, but on the hunt across the galaxy for Quandus Vaughan, for he must die. So again, you are
0: voting for yourself, but just saying that you're not voting for yourself. Okay. I get it. That's how it works. I get how this works now. Uh, however, I'm going to I'm going to blow you out the water. Uh, I'm going for Gay and Reach to take it three two. I liked it. I I, I actually like the idea of uh, the bonuses being dependent on drug-addled me- meanderings. I'm going to call them <laughs> Gay and Reach. It'll satisfy those gumshoe heretics who were, you know, they're just, they just it could be hell
4: otherwise. So, the <laughs> investigatory system. I have only the, one uh, thing to say. The vine of life grows a single melon. Uh, yeah. I, I suspect I suspect that's an arrestable offence, isn't it? I hate to think
2: what quotes will come around with the grapes of wrath.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Shocking. There'll be a musical bit
0: there and we're going to the
1: bloop, 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 bloop. have
0: never thought about using of those bleepers. <laughs> yes, yes, I beeping have, yeah. <laughs> right. Second. So after <laughs> after the gay, it's not gay and reach, is it? You're not going to nominate that one this time, are you? I'm not sure I could stand it, but.
4: Yeah, I know. Oh, good. Good. Okay, so magic. Oh, well, I'm not entirely one to put on it. <laughs> oh, I am. Look, everybody. I am. Nothing Mer. wrong
1: with that.
0: <laughs> right, magic psionics. So, should we, should we go in reverse order this time? So, actually, Dirk, it's your turn.
4: Uh, what are you going to go for? Magic. Before Handle I do this... Before I do this, I think uh, Kat and I I would like to represent something of a complaint, Dr. Frankenstein. Isn't that right, Kat? Totally. Mm. Because uh, last time we appeared on the magic episode of uh, season one, and you presented an oven-ready system. You said that Maelstrom was the magic system of choice. You persuaded us. We voted for it in good faith, and then you got rid of it. Oh, no, isn't it? You, ch- you changed it. Oh, I didn't. know. I definitely changed it. Yeah, because it was it was ludicrously overbalanced. So, so you move the protocols and <laughs> put your own interpretation on it. Is that what you're saying? I, I, I am hoist by my own petard. Yes, <laughs> but,
2: <laughs> I, but I, I do feel I've got to step in and defend Dave yeah, a bit because <laughs> I, I, I feel. It was the fucking Ranger that that decided to start changing things about.
0: Beep. Sorry, I missed that one.
2: Or was this we, before before we uh, we play tested? I, I I
0: I absolutely uh, accept the charge <laughs> of having um not seen through with uh being a hard and fast uh rules lawyer. And I did alter it, but I altered it so that it was um, because it, it Maelstrom has this sort of thing where it's, it it's it's two extremes. If you want to do very, very difficult magical stuff that's really out of the ordinary, you've got to make so many roles that it hardly ever happens. Now, that you could you could say that that's that's the way it ought to be, however. It's a magical setting. And for nothing outrageous to ever happen, it, you know, so for example, in, in the absolute core rules of Maelstrom, to do something that's completely and utterly outlandish, you've got to make at least six roles successfully. And that's not easy to do. So we altered it slightly and made it a little bit different, but to, the, the fundamentals were still in there. But you're right. I, I owe you an apology. I won't do it this time. I promise.
4: Uh, do we accept that ap- apology, Kat, Before we proceed, I think we should. Don't we? I think yeah. in, in that spirit he, of he, that. Yeah, he
3: seemed genuine. He it, did. Although now he's laughing, so I'm not sure.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
4: yes, yeah. suckers. But I think. I, what we got. I, I, th- I think. I think we made the point, didn't we? In the. First season, that the magic system does break the game, doesn't it? It, By its very nature, magic breaks things, and for it to be introduced into uh, a setting, it does unbalance things and change things. The nomination that I'm putting forward is a game that, um, if you read my blog at grognardfiles.com, nobody reads blogs today, nobody reads blogs anymore. But anyway, if you you do, if you're one of those people that do, I bought this game whilst drunk uh, once from oh. Fanboy 3. And it's called World, and it's from 1984. Whoa. Um, yeah. And uh, Fantasy Games Unlimited. Oh. Uh, and it's from that time when Fantasy Games Unlimited, I think they used to publish people's homebrew systems. I think if you had an idea on a few scraps of paper, they would work it up into a system. I am not nominating the actual system here because the system's really schlunky. You, yeah. yeah. What I'm nominating here is the concept behind it because in this world, it's a scarcity of the psionics, the magic, if you like, that makes it interesting and the impact that it had politically and culturally as these... Um, Abilities began to emerge three generations ago. Now the way I pitch this is, it's like the X Men, but directed by John Carpenter in uh, Assault on Precinct Thirteen mode. It's that kind of dark, urban. Yeah. Um, I think so. It, it's a. It's a time when. Um there's regular trips to the moon. There's a moon base on the dark side of the moon and, Mm um, meteorization has, uh, improved, but for all intents and purposes, it's that kind of fifties nostalgia period in the early eighties, you know, things were cars had fins and white tires, but there's like science fiction type stuff going on. And the, um, psionics, have these emergent skills so they, they, they actually appear, they could, you and I, I t- tonight, it could suddenly pop that I have a precognitive ability like I can see the end of this where <laughs> I, I get I yeah. get two in a row, for example that could be what, yeah. what happens, yeah my, my um, precognition has just kicked in that's not going to happen
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs> and, the, and the psionics Uh, are regulated and they are ghettoised. So they tend to withdraw into their enclaves and usually led by charismatic leaders. And there's almost like a cult around Mm. them. And some are using their powers for good. Some are used for uh, uh, terrible things. But there's this agency called the Psionic Protection Agency, the PPA, who as play characters, you could play psionics or you could play the police and hunting and tracking down these emergent psionics or trying to keep the enclaves under control. So there's already this idea of a factionalized world where there's the uh, non-psionics against the psionics, but there's also factions within the psionics as well, depending on what skills you have. So if you've got uh, telekinesis, or uh, clairvoyant skills, you might be pitched against each other um, and you yeah. might be doing different things. You might have different motivations. So I'm nominating Psyworld because I think it's a strong use of um, psionic skill, uh, skills and abilities, the scarcity of it, and just that idea of the impact that such things would have on the world, the galaxy. There you go. It's, it's, I it, it, it's a good one. It is a good one.
0: But as you said, you know, it's like that. FGU games <laughs> tended to be a bit odd, but a strong, a strong sort of story to it. You know, and you can really, really get into that kind of, uh, you know, oh, it's a bit. Shouldn't really have psionics. Very much like Maelstrom. In fact, Magic shouldn't be. Uh, isn't isn't sort of uh, commonly.
4: A good thing i um i point people i point people towards the blog because i explain that it's the most convoluted way of deriving hit points in any game ever there's about six different stages to it uh, just to find out what hit points you have so it is an incredibly schlunky system but a great concept and i've played it a couple of times, and we've had great fun with it. And I suppose it proves my point that you don't have to have great mechanics to have a great role playing game, just a strong concept sometimes can deliver fantastic sessions. I think,
0: yeah, okay, yeah. Sideworld, uh, FGU did aftermath was that FGU or was that uh, it was, yeah, 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 yeah it was, was where it had the infamous shark hit table. That's a level of granularity for you there, Kay. <laughs> uh, right, Sci World, like it. Cat, can I come to you next? <laughs> magic, psionics. What? What? Uh, what are we looking at?
3: Um, well, I I really find that magic in a science fiction world breaks the immersion of a science fiction world or game Um, magic on a scientific way you could almost look at magic as a concept to use um, something that looks like invisible forces are influencing events or affect change in material conditions but that is only until science can explain it now we're playing in a science game where science is so evolved that it will explain why some people are slightly luckier than others it's all down to psychological effects rather than anything else um then you have psionics now i I, I do i get dirks thing where they're they're vying against each other these different houses psionics cause nothing but grief at a table nothing else other than grief because as soon as you get one little power-hungry Muppet that has got um, that can read minds, you can guarantee they're going to not only annoy the GM, <laughs> they're going to annoy every player at the table going, is that really what they're thinking? What is their master plan? Are they going to steal something from me? Or it's the person who goes, yeah, I can move that with the power of my mind. Could I do something sensible or am I going to just trip people up because I'd be a dick? You know where people are gonna go. So my basic thing for magic and psionics is just say no, keep it science fiction, get rid of the magic which belongs in fantasy, it does not belong in sci-fi.
4: Oh and I know I'm
3: gonna get so much heat over that.
4: <laughs> it's a, it's another Zamo option.
1: Yeah. I say? Is this is this the we will not have a system part two? It
3: is, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, but this is a proper. No, system. this is not – there's another skill for it. This is get rid of it. It has no place. Magic has no place in sci-fi because by the time that you – in Star Trek, the only reason they're a little bit confused because somebody can do something odd is because they haven't seen it before and they've got to analyse it. But once they do it scientifically, Spock goes, yeah, it's this. You know, so – why, why have it? Why Why do we insist on shoving in magic into sci-fi systems just because a few people can't deal without playing a wizard?
0: Mm. What we're, we're satisfying the idiots, although I believe you coined the phrase dickheads. <laughs> uh, <Yeah>. speak, who, <laughs> speak for the dark side,
4: does she? What about Jedis? If you can't, if you can't have magic, you can't have Jedis, cat not
3: Exactly. That's have you Yoda. seen people play Jedi? <laughs> no, I've just come out of a, um, a, a a Star Wars game where we had two Jedis, and I'm going to have to say, did they use the Force for good or were they completely and utterly Laurel and Hardy in Jedi form? It broke the immersion of this wonderful, beautiful setting that the GM trying to describe us, going across a desert world to rescue the Wookiees, and then we've got Laurel and Hardy in the back of lightsabers. Just saying. <laughs>
0: Just say no. Could, could we put Ewoks in there as well? They can't be in. If
3: they're not magic, They're biologically real. That's fine.
4: Ah,
0: I do. <laughs> that was the story about the Ewok. He was throwing, wasn't it? Yeah. You have you have a thing about the Star Wars universe with the throwing Ewok. And, anyway,
3: they're very good at it.
0: Rain <laughs> Just say no. Right. Okay.
1: Oh, it's your am turn. I up already? Okay, all right. This is where I, I go into academic mode. Um and l- listeners from season one will know that I sometimes make ridiculous PowerPoints. We we've have have we got a graph. We don't have a graph. <sighs> we don't have a graph. Uh but I um I have been thinking been so sort of academically about the the you know the metaphysics of psionics versus magic. And and I think I can really echo um you know what, what, what Kat was saying in that magic has no place in sci-fi I, I agree with that um but I do believe that psionics are magic are different Ooh. so so psionics absolutely belong in sci-fi even though they're spelt differently um but the reason is is because I feel that with the magic system magic is something that's often arcane and misunderstood but it often comes from outside that it's an external force that is somehow the player learns to control Um, whereas psionics are very much an internal force that comes from mutation or who they are. And Uh that's why the system that I'm going to pick is, yes, it's gumshoe too, but it's Mutant City Blues. And the reason why I'm choosing Mutant City Blues for psionics Uh is because of the Quaid diagram. So I didn't even have to make my own diagram. There is a diagram in Mutant City Blues called the Quaid Diagram, which, if you look at it, is just terrifying. And I, I absolutely uh, encourage readers to, <laughs> to look it up online. You can just find it online. If you want crunch and granularity and, you know, you look up tables and stuff, the, the Quaid Diagram puts them all to shame. <clears throat> but the, the strength of this diagram, it's it's just an extremely convoluted, interconnected skill tree of different psionic skills and booms. Mm. booms. Oh, Yeah, so Dirk's holding it up now. And Dirk's it is, holding it up. So it's sectioned, you know, it's, it's mm-hmm. so big, it's like a map that it has uh, A to F sections and, and zero to, to five sections, on uh, zero, six sections on an axis. So it's an axis of six by six. But the beautiful thing about this, um, about this Quay diagram, is that in order to mitigate the stuff that Kat brought up about, you know, the absolute idiot power gamers who are going to start breaking stuff, is right. that Mutant City Blues has this wonderful balance of augmentation Uh, of of sort of power but also of jeopardy or vulnerability so as you gain powers as you go through the tree and you get your 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 little powers you also get some some disadvantages that you have to live with and this stuff makes a really great role playing so for example for example if you want to go along the telekinesis route uh, and you want to get to stuff like force fields and stuff then you become vulnerable to sensory overload or if you want to go for hyper reflexes and speed yeah. you start to get limbic hypertrophy whatever that is um so there are actually these these kind of real physical disadvantages to your character so that if you do want to occasionally do something really cool and powerful you cannot just go around being the laurel and hardy of, of power um of, of the jedi and, and instead you do <laughs> actually get something that you can really get your teeth into um and also these power trees tend to go sort of Straight up or or across. So if you if you want to start your character off as being kind of you know they're more about um I don't know empathy and and social skills and sc- social buffs, and then realise that actually you wanted to go down the emotional control route, and then you realise that that's too bad, and you you know this is really embarrassing to play, and therefore you want to sort of take a left turn and go towards possession. Or, or things like venom bites and di- disease immunity, there is actually like this really convoluted route that goes through absolutely everything. And the beauty, if we want to go for Dirk's kind of idea, you know, that he loves the idea of a big concept, is that mm-hmm. um, the Quaid diagram says that it is, it says that it settings mutant powers conform to an unvarying, if not yet fully understood law of science. So that's why that Quaid diagram is absolute. And you can go, you can take your route through it, but it's absolute. So therefore it is based on science. It comes from you. There's a sort of depletion mechanic as well, which is really cool. And you too can be part of a heightened crime investigation unit and, you know, solve crimes involving the city's mutant community. So I've only ever played this once and I played it as a homebrew um for a judge, judge judge dread game so when we played a massive judge dread campaign and i wanted to be from the side division uh, we were using Gumshoe anyway so the gm homebrewed Steve mm-hmm. stevie homebrewed this into into it and and i as judge anderson could have limited kind of telekinetic ability and it was really limited and very limited um uh, sort of mind reading stuff uh, and yet i also had these these vulnerabilities as well and it was just so good to role play because it didn't give you this carte blanche superhero overpowered you know crap uh, you actually had to to deal get the bad in with the good and i really really liked that balance so that is why mm. um you know i'm i'm asking can you please vote for me in city vote? <laughs>
0: No, no to magic. Yes to mutant city blues. And I have to say, for a little while, I, I suddenly had this sort of uh, understanding of of what happens to cats when they see like a laser pointer on a wall. Because uh, Dirt pulled up the Quade diagram, and I, and I was hypnotized. It was like a it was like a critical hit table, but more. <laughs> exactly
1: it's like multi dimensional with all kinds of things Ooh. happening and you have various little connectors that you can follow if you want to go down a, a a particular route or if you've you know if you um wow want to do like a healing power or a hearing power or a connected power or correlated powers uh and then of course you have your disadvantages in there too so it's just it's just a beautiful so, thing
2: so it's sort of like star you know the 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 role play version of the star trek three d chess isn't that
1: it kind you of can is going in and all the, different the,
2: directions.
1: The first time you look at it, you go, "Oh my god, I'm so screwed! I have no idea what I'm doing." And then you start to just sort of feel your way around. And this is the beautiful thing: is that it's actually quite, quite um, uh, intuitive, even though it looks terrifying. It starts to get really intuitive, and you can work your way through the skill tree. So anyone who's played video games um, and knows skill trees and that you might have to get a particular skill before you can get others will find this yeah. kind of thing quite intuitive to work with.
0: Sexy. Sexy. That's what you're really saying. It's a no, big, sexy table. I'm saying it's intuitive, but yes,
1: it is. A
0: big, a Intuitively sexy table. I know.
1: Can you say that in your, <laughs> your fancy voice?
0: <laughs> my, I can't say it in any voice. In my Kenneth... Uh, yeah, Williams. but, but uh, Dirk
1: had, had his voiceover man voice, and I feel he needs to say uh, that in his over man
0: voice. <laughs> Maybe yeah.
4: get that later. I, there'll, be, there'll be a fee attached to that, of course. Uh, then we can negotiate that, uh, Dave. Yeah. Okay. We'll be we downloading it. it 0898.
0: <laughs> yeah, we can put an oh eight nine eight number. Well, we could, Take some we could, money out of it. You could release it as a ringtone. Yeah. <laughs> Big sexy table. Hmm. <laughs> Mark. It's your turn now.
4: Magic psionics.
2: I feel a bit overwhelmed. (laughs) 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 Genuinely, everyone's made made such such really good cases. And and again, this is a a bit of a contentious one, isn't it? Because of the magic psionics. Should they be there? Shouldn't they be there? One, both. So I figured... um, I took a completely different approach to the investigation and figured, well... You know, I looked at Space Master, I threatened I would, I did. looked at roll Master as well, because I like the idea of, you know, you have character classes and you get spell lists. You learn a spell list, and as you get higher up, you get better spells. And of course, you get those wonderful critical, <laughs> critical hit tables, you know, where you're blowing people's legs off and, you know, yeah. shattering people's bones and all that sort of thing. And I, I'm quite, I used to be quite a fan of that, although I haven't played that sort of thing for a long time. So I dismissed that and, and I went back to, to, to more of, of, of my online routes and figured, well, let's let people sort out for themselves whether they want magic or psionics in their game. You know, if you put those rules in, they can ignore them. But let's give them some rules that they can do that w- works across the board. So I went for, I'm going to hold a book up for a change. I went for Heroes System. Crunch ahoy. Indeed, and how you would take the the hero system abilities and flip them into a system that's not already um, cost-based is going to be an interesting challenge, uh, if if indeed I was to win. So the way that the hero system abilities works, and bearing in mind it was originally a a superheroes game, then sort of changed into a a generic system, is... uh, and I've written it all down because there's so many terms, but <laughs> I don't want to get too confused, is you get so many points to spend. Now, in the full system, they spend on your stats and your skills and everything, and you can divvy them up how any one. But within the game itself, just around um, abilities, you 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 buy abilities. There's quite a long list of different types of abilities and they're, they're broken down into things like adjustment abilities, mental abilities, movement mm-hmm. abilities, side related abilities, what they call standard abilities, which are just some, more, some more sort of generic type stuff like doing a bolt of energy or whatever. Uh, and special yeah. abilities that can be, can be you know, um, need to be somewhat limited because they can be quite damaging to the game in, in theory. And you buy points in those abilities. So I think well, I suppose the point cost is is, is immaterial, really. But I think it's five points buys you a d6 in, in that ability. And a d6 is for your effect. So the hero system is all d6-based. And then once you've chosen your abilities, which I won't go into in great depth at the moment, but the the, the what what well, how do they refer to it as? I think they call it the effects but the, the the way they manifest is is up to you so if you take um bolt which is a bolt of that does damage um it could be fire it could be ice it could be kinetic energy it could be fucking pardon me, sorry it could be a spray of raw herrings it's it's up to you but once you've decided that's what it's going to be that, that that's sort of fixed and then it's up to the gm and the player in in you know in so the circumstances to dictate whether that might have a, a, an alter turn you know effect in a certain situation. You know, if your bolt is fire and you fire it into a, a warehouse full of paper, you know, um, it's probably going to catch fire in reality. So you know, they, they sort of promote doing you know having those sort of little add-on effects. Hmm. So there's quite there's quite a lot. I can't remember how many there are, but there's, there's lots and lots of abilities. So as you can you can see. Um, you flavor them. So, whether they're sonic or the magic or whatever, that's, that's up to you. And then, on top of that, they have advantages and disadvantages, which you can then layer on top of those powers to make them more expensive to use or more expensive yeah. to buy or cheaper to use, cheaper to buy. And then you can sort of flavour them and go, oh, I've got this bolt and I've decided it's fire and I'm going to take a disadvantage that um, I've, I've got to incant when I do it. And so everyone knows I'm yeah, doing okay. it and it takes me a, a little bit longer than everyone else. And then you could also layer, well, I've got to do a ritual thing as well. I've got to draw some on the ground and that makes it cheaper to buy the power, but harder to use. And so it gives you gotcha. a tool set which involves quite a lot of character work up front yeah because it but it gives you the ability to create effectively any ability you want. Now that will be limited based on the number of power points you have to spend. And how yeah. you know diverse you want to be? You could be someone with lots of little abilities, or if you wanted some big, you know, I walk into the room and incinerate everyone in sight. Um, well, one, you probably wouldn't start with something like that, but two, it would probably be the only ability you ever had because it would be so costly. Um, it's so yeah, unlikely I I'd go, that you're going to build it. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, yeah. <laughs> mm. Okay, so uh, like you say, huge flexibility, big yeah. range. There yeah. is, but yes, there is a lot of grunt work up front to create your character. It's, it's not a, a system that you're going to use for a one-shot. But if it's something that you want to use for a, a long campaign and it yeah. still has that flexibility to develop those abilities, they can change over time. You can add yep. extra things onto them, layer some of those disadvantages off if you pay the points. And
0: and, and and although although it's 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 slightly more sort of complex, it has that sort of savage world bit of you can offset or add points in, can't you? If you take hindrances or I don't think... Yeah, be. that's what the
2: advantages and disadvantages are, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you can say, mm-hmm. yeah, you can layer those advantages and disadvantages. So, you
0: yeah. You could then encompass uh, Kay's uh, just say no. You could make it very, very difficult to have it, or you could just ignore it all, altogether.
2: Yep, yeah. And, yeah, just I mean, a- it's... A, a, Again, another concept which is quite heavy, so it does it does add to the crunch. Yeah. Really, is you know, there's a there's a it has to be done with a relationship between the the game master, the GM, or we could be calling them, yeah. and the player to what they will allow within their world setting. If it doesn't fit within their world setting, it's just. a And no or this this is how we change it to make it fit into the concepts of of the game world i i wanted to create so yeah i really like it It it's it's very good but it is quite hard work yes
0: i'm coming around to the realization that this is never going to be easy (laughs)
2: uh
0: now before i sort of say say what i was going to say is a few people actually talked about it on uh, on twitter uh contender for nicest person in the universe, uh, Chris Bonamy Games. More seriously, if you have psionics, it's so important to weave the mechanics into the system so it makes sense of their societal role and how people perceive them in the setting, which I think several of you said. Think of Bester in Babylon 5 or Diana Troy and Trek. Avoid choices that create player dissonance. So I think that's also saying to, to several people made the point that it breaks the system. Um andy tangled uh, the andalorian uh his suggestion was for the warhammer 40k psychic system where it's both psionics and magic everybody's happy <laughs> very true although clearly not here paul mitchener uh sorry lord paul mitchener sir professor wannabe polymath at the tweed meister my favourite magic stroke mysticism rules in games are in Hellas, the ancient Greek analogues in space. There was a, wasn't there a cartoon called Ulysses 3000, wasn't it? Based on Odysseus, wasn't it? And fading suns, he says. Space feudalism, and a really neat setting, though I don't go on with the system. Nods also to Star Wars, Coriolis, and solar blades and cosmic spells. It's, always talks sense uh tristan tristan narborough tristan narbrog on on twitter psionic rules for space hulk expansions are the only magic in space rules he's ever used he also says call of cthulhu magic is just magic even in the vacuum of space cyberpunk didn't need either comes back to your your point i think cat just so you know and then uh Peter uh Peter aka Skeeter, aka spez Baby, uh, at Spez Baby, Shadow Run. Shadow Run is right there. No one said Shadow So uh that was just a selection of some of the, the, the good and the glorious. Well, I I I looked at lots. Uh I looked at stars without number, where it's sort of just, just psionics. Mm, not going to go for that aberrant aberrant was good but it was a bit hard work everyone i like everyone ever so much ever so much but i didn't go for that and i too looked at uh looked at space master uh page 49 space master player's book an unusual voice ability, providing plus 20 bonus when using public speaking, acting, or utilising the psionic powers of voice. However, it does make you vulnerable to bacterial infection, and the possessor must make a monthly reaction roll versus strep throat at minus 30. I uh, I stopped looking at Space Master then.
2: I, I thought that would be... <laughs> That's when you should have really started digging in.
0: Madness. I'm not rolling for bacterial infections in any game. Have I got a sore throat? My ps- psionic, psionic ability. Bonkers. However, I do like Savage Worlds, actually. I'm talking about that. Savage Worlds sort of a bit like a diluted hero system, I think, where you can choose the ability. And that's what you, you know, and then it has an effect based on, on how strong you are in, a, in, in it. However, I went completely the other way. So I'm fairly sure I'm not going to get voted for on this. I was sort of thinking, you know, magic, magic. What do people really think of when they think about magic? And I think they really think of, in game terms, Dungeons and Dragons. And as everybody knows, the greatest iteration of Dungeons and Dragons was 3.5, which ultimately became Pathfinder. And the sci-fi equivalent... Starfinder. I like magic. (laughs) I put magic everywhere, quite frankly. And I'm looking at their booklet now. Uh, What is there? 40 pages of different spells. There's your system. You want magic in sci-fi? Starfinder. Loads of them. Comparatively easy to use. Everybody knows what happened. And I would enjoy being a magic user in space, but only with Starfinder. Psionics, nah. I think Psionics is magic. And you can get those from spell, spell effects. So I'm going completely the other way. So there's your just say no. I'm just just say yes is my campaign. And just say yes to Starfinder, in addition to which I really like the cover art, it's absolutely brilliant. I really like that. Anybody pick that up? Core rule, but odd-coloured, various mutant, uh, different planetary species and everything else, and magic coming out of your hoo-hoo. So Starfinder is mine. Loads of spells, area of effect, Uh, certain spells at certain levels. Bob's your uncle, Fanny's your aunt. So we have our five uh, solutions our five nominated systems. Mark has gone for Hero System. Uh, Dirk went for SciWorld uh, with some interesting takes on uh, on how that Cy- Cyanux might be used. Kay went with Mutant City Blues with a big, great big table. Guess what I'm voting for. Kat said, just say no, which also extends to Ewoks now. And uh, I said Starfinder. So we're going to vote. Uh, how should I? I'm going to. I'm, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to vote first. I can't vote for Starfinder. I can't vote for Just Say No. I'm sorry, Cap. Like Cyworld, played it once, twice. Bonkers. Hero system, I really like. Terribly complicated though. And I've just seen a massive, great, big table which hypnotised me as soon as it was shown. Uh, I'm going for Mutant City Blues is my vote. Uh, Mark, what are you going to go for?
2: Ooh. Well, I, I think I've got I've got to give a special mention to uh, Dirk's Cyworld. Uh, yeah. The reason I'm not voting for it is because I think it should be included, but it's a theme and a feeling. It's not the rules. But I, I definitely think... And uh, it's come up, a couple of other people have brought it up as well. I think the intent of how the psionics or magic works within the setting needs to be laid out as well. And so, yeah. So, um, yeah. Unfortunately, because I don't quite understand what the rules themselves are, I can I can only go for the intent. So, yeah. um, Table aside, I'm going to have to go with K for the is it the Mutant City Blues? Um, Blues. Not because of the crunch necessarily, but again, in many ways, it sounded like um, a similar feel to the Hero System type thing, where you you have an array of things you can take and how you bolt them together, although you have to follow certain pathways. you dictate, you know, where, where you go. Yep. And in many ways, and, I think that's better. And, and do you stand the, uh,
0: the chance of having limbic hypertrophy or hypertrophy, which is, who doesn't want a bit of limbic hypertrophy? I'll give hypertrophy? it a whirl,
2: I'm not quite sure what it is. Neither. <laughs> I've heard of right. the limbic system, but I'm still not quite sure what that yeah.
0: is. No. So, okay, uh, hey, we're going to come to you now. You cannot vote for Mutant City Blues, so Hero System, World, Cats Just Say No, the Zamo approach, or Starfinder?
1: It's a, tr- it's a tricky one, is this, because if Starfinder had been a bit less magic-y and a bit more psionic-y, I think it probably would have had my vote, and yes, I realise that I'm completely brutalising the English language with this one, so I'm sorry about that. Because uh, you know, I do like I do like some of the purity that that comes from from sort of pathfinders structures. I think are, are extremely rigid, but they're also very in, robust.
0: Inflict pain, mass. Inject nanobots. Come on, there's some spells.
1: Well,
2: psionics. is it not Um, an inflict pain mass for um space master (laughs) that sounds very space mastery to me
0: you seem to great
2: sorry come Uh, on
1: I, I know I've I interrupted say, you, sorry. I know, I'm just going this podcast back on track. This is very unlike me. I feel like that's not, not why I'm here. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, so, so, yeah, so it's not going to be Starfinder. It's also, it's not going to be Cyworld, although I really like the idea of the politics. And I think psionics definitely has a sort of an ethical dimension that isn't necessarily something that you see in magic. And having that sort of politics and that ethics is really cool. So I almost voted for that. But I'm obviously going to vote for Mark's hero system because it is very much the spiritual, sibling of mutant city blues i think and and it's just ultimately down to those advantages and disadvantages and the fact that you have to take a hit or that you have to be very strategic in how you power yourself up and is isn't that after all what we really like i guess about magic as well is that we Mm. want that strategy we like to have the the, the skill trees and we like to work out what our next spell is going to be at the next level and it's the same with psionics you know what am i going to take at the next level and it's that development angle in that, that levelling up angle. And and I think that um, the hero system has, has, has got that as well. So that gets my vote.
0: Thank you. Uh, Starfinder has a levelling up uh, system in it. Just saying. It. Too
1: late, David. Too late. Too late. No, Sorry.
0: Dead to me now. Uh, Dirt, your vote. You can't vote for World. So we have Hero System, Mutant City Blues, Just Say No,
4: and Starfinder. Okay, I'm gonna do this in the spirit of taglines. I'm gonna to say to Zamo, there are more things on heaven and earth than I dreamt of in your philosophies. And I'm gonna say another tagline because I've threatened to put this in anyway, because we haven't said it, have we? Any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. I think I get a fiver for saying that. So I'm gonna get that in. And I'm just gonna the last tagline is big sexy table. And I'm going to give that to <laughs> Mutant City Blues. Mutant City Blues, big, sexy table. We need.
0: We, we really need Barry White on this, don't we? Cat, cat, we're coming to you. Uh, you cannot say, just say no. You actually have to vote for one of these systems. Hero system from Mark, Dirk's Sci World, Kay's Mutant City Blues. Uh, and Starfinder from The Credulous Idiot in the Corner.
3: Oh, as I said, I think I kind of agree, with Kay, that the only reason Starfinder's not getting it is because I find magic in space a bit wish-washy. And Yeah. I mean, it's cool cover art, I'll give it that. I really will give it that. Um, but it is D&D in space, which, why? Why would you do this? Mm.
0: Um well Cheap shot. Cheap shot.
3: I can just see the hatred I'm going to get. It's almost like you with the Traveller fans from the first show.
0: It's okay. It's not fifth edition. Come on. This is
3: true. This is true. So
0: not Starfinder.
3: Not Starfinder. Uh, I'm going to go with Kay's uh, suggestion. Uh, not because of the big table. Actually, the big table is a slightly off-putting thing. But actually, I love the description of what Kay has said that it does. And that actually seems mm. quite... Nice, the balancing aspects of it seem more appealing, so I'm going to go with that option. Um,
0: it's, it's sort of like the anti, anti Laurel and Hardy. If you have yeah. those sort of, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, okay, I'm um, I'm saying that that's uh, as big a landslide as you can get. Played a oh, blinder yeah. though with du- doubling up with uh, with Dirk showing the table at the same time what had me four four votes the magic stroke psionics or rather it, the psionic system
4: is mutant city blues woohoo that's a gumshoe double bubble it is oh my I didn't realise that
3: on both left and right <laughs> I do realise oh. that when when they come to actually play this game the magic and psionic system will be Starfinder because they will have to be forgotten <laughs>
4: Of course he will, of course he will (laughs) Oven ready, he said, oven ready
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that could be the cruelest cut of all Having some sort of comparison to a political figure Anyway, brilliant So we have it, there we have it Ladies and germs uh, the investigation system is going to come from the Gaian Reach. Another one I've got to buy. Uh, and uh, the Magic Stroke Psionics, or certainly Psionics, comes from Mutant City Blues. Another one I've got to buy. No, but it's got a big table, so there are compensations. Happy days. Brilliant. Thank you very much, everyone. I hope you, hope you enjoyed that. Yes. Yeah. Good.
4: <laughs>
0: you can My
1: speak. Silence, it just yeah. silent, Yes, yes. yes we
0: can. Hope
2: you enjoyed that. Oh, That's great. Okay. <laughs> what <laughs> you <laughs> need to do is thank. edit some wind just blowing across the mic in there.
1: <laughs> I love it. Distant to itself. <laughs> yes.
0: Happy days.
4: Thank you, everybody. <laughs> well, thank, thank you very you. much. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for See you all. Bye. Night. See you all
0: soon. Night. See you. See you. Bye bye. 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 well. So there you have it. That was episode five. Hope you enjoyed it. Now the show notes will try and make some sort of sense of all this nonsense. Please don't blame us for your burgeoning desire to buy another game. However, however, if you do, I'd be very grateful if you'd follow the links in the show notes, which will lead you to drive through RPG and our affiliate program which affiliate program will at least help with the cost of me having to buy all the games <laughs> again please don't feel obliged but it would be lovely if you could thanks again to Kay Kat Mark and Dirk it really is uh, so much more fun when uh, when you like all the people who get involved and i'm very very lucky to have people that i really really do feel a lot of affection for even if we disagree about the fact that starfinder was the better magic system it's okay i'm not bitter <laughs> if you'd like to leave us a voice message at anchor please do so we are frankenstein's rpg we're also on twitter at Frankenstein RPG and happy to take feedback and contributions to the rest of this series too. And Frankenstein in space. Next time we'll be looking at two completely different topics, but I'll let you all know about that via Twitter. So anyway, please take care of yourselves and see you soon. Thanks for listening.